0: to God's Word this morning to the book of James chapter 4 James chapter 4 James chapter 4 you know in a few short hours the world's going to celebrate this earth completing its journey around the Sun once again and we will mark the completion of another year on this earth And many people look at this time of the year with great anticipation. They have a newfound hope, newfound goals. They see this as a time of their life in which they can leave the past behind and maybe get a fresh start, maybe, so to speak, press the reset button on their life. And others are experiencing the feeling of concern because of the unknown of what this next year is going to bring. But how many know we as believers are fortunate to have a road map to help us and guide us through these uncharted waters, the Bible, to help us? In James, in our text this morning that we're going to read, he's going to give us some considerations as we look forward to the future and how we should approach it. And I want to pick up in verse 13 of chapter 4 this morning. And I'm going to read through verse 16 this morning. James chapter 4, verse 13 through verse 15 this morning. God's word says this, come now, now we don't really say it like that anymore, but what that basically means is this, pay attention to this, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, and we will spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow, for you are just... A vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. Now, James reminds us of four things here in these verses that we need to consider as we go into a new year. Let's go back to verse 13 and let's look at the first one he talks about in verse 13. He says this, Come now or pay attention to this. You who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit or make money. In verse 13 I would call this, Life's complexity, okay, life's complexity. I think it was Scott Peck, one of the famous psychologists of the last century that wrote in his book, The Road Less Travel." He began his book with these three words. He said, life is difficult. Life is difficult. And how many knows that life is Difficult at times life is very complex of time at times. It's very complicated at times and James echoes the same thought in verse 13 Think about all the things that are involved in life You've got today You've got tomorrow You've got work You've got buying, you've got selling, you've got gaining, you've got losing, you've got going here, you've got going there. James reminds us that life is very complicated. It's very complex. And listen, there's numerous things that makes our life complex. Things like work. Some of us work in a stressful job. Think about Marriage. Marriage causes Paul would say in first Corinthians 6 7 and 28, I think it is verse 18. He says that those get married will have troubles in this life. And all the I see the married couple shaking their head, <laughs> trying to slowly, no, I'm not trying to get away with it. If your wife is your spouse, like you, you're probably going, yeah. <laughs> but you've got work, marriage, children makes life complicated. Think about it. You've got coworkers. You've got finances to deal with. You've got your health that you're concerned about. You've got all the changes that are going on in our world. You've got decisions that you've got to make in your life. And now, unfortunately, this complexity doesn't just start when we're adults. Nowadays, we make sure our children get on the rat race as soon as possible. If you don't believe that, look at your five-year-old schedule. They are up at seven, school, t-ball. i never forget when Emma was playing t-ball and she was about four or five years old. And uh, you know how parents are that's involved in coaching that shouldn't be involved in coaching. I think coaches should never be parents in t-ball. <laughs> they should be somebody that has no say. In, no, 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 no kind of, no, they don't care about it, right? Because they decided... It would be a good idea to have an all-day tournament for four-year-olds in t-ball. And the kids were crying, wanting to go home. The parents were saying, get up there and bat. But you think about your schedule. You think about how that we get our kids in this rat race. Life is very complex. It's very complicated. And the activity that James talks about here was not the problem. It wasn't that they were wrong in their planning because let me tell you something. There's nothing wrong with planning because the Bible encourages us to plan. There's nothing wrong with working. Work is a gift from God. It's something we should all do. There's nothing wrong with making money. That is not the problem. But the problem with James, uh, with whose James is writing to, is these people were doing these things without considering God. They were doing all these things and they did not consider their maker. See, God is the author and giver of life and let me tell you something, life is too complex to leave God out of our planning. It is too complex to leave God out of our families, to leave God out of our marriages, to leave God out of our working. Life is too complicated for us. And we need to never forget that Matthew 6 and 33 says that we should always seek First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto us. And so don't forget that life is too complex to try to do it without God. And so now James moves from the complexity of life to verse 14, the very first section of that verse, what I would call this the uncertainty of life. Look what he says here. He says, Yet you do not know what your life will be like. Now I doubt any of us here is doing exactly what we thought we'd be doing when we were kids. We make plans we have goals, but one thing we got to realize is this is that we don't know. We think we know. We hope we know. But none of us know what's going to happen tomorrow, much less next year. See, we can make plans, we can make guesses, but our human knowledge is limited. Paul would say it like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. He says, for now we see through a glass darkly. That's how we are. We can't even see what's going to happen 10 minutes from now. You don't know what's going to happen in 2024. Matter of fact, I'd say this. You don't even know if you're going to make it to 2024. There are some people right now on this earth, they're planning for next year, and they will die before it gets next year why because you don't know life is uncertain to us you could lose your job you could get a bad report from the doctor you don't know and that's the reason why it's important for us most important as Paul would say in 2 Corinthians 6 1 and 2 we also urge you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says at the acceptable time I listened to you and on the day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. One of Satan's greatest tactics he uses with us is to say tomorrow I will do this Tomorrow, I will surrender my life to Christ tomorrow. When I get older, when things settle down, you are not promised tomorrow. The writer of Proverbs says in Proverbs 27 and 1, do not boast about tomorrow for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Even Jesus told a parable that hit on this theme in Luke chapter 12 when he said this, and he told him a parable saying, the ground of a certain rich man Yielded an abundant harvest. Then verse 17. And he began reasoning to himself, saying, What shall I do? Since I have no place to store my crops... He says, then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns, I will build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. Then verse 19 says, and I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But look what he says, verse 20. But God said to him, you This very night your soul is required of you and now who will own what you have prepared? See, this guy was making plans for the future without considering that, guess what? He might not even be around for tomorrow. And every single one of us need to realize this, that life to us is uncertain. So James talks about how complex life is. How uncertain life is. The next thing we see in verse 14 is what I would call life's brevity. He says here, verse 14, there the third line down halfway through. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. So not only is life complex, not only is it uncertain at times, but it's also brief. The Bible describes life in numerous ways. It describes our life like a leaf. It describes life in 1 Peter like grass. It describes our life like a shadow, like a cloud, like a puff of smoke, like a vapor. I am only one heartbeat away from eternity. Job would say in Job 77, remember that my life is but a breath. And only God knows how many grains of sand, so to speak, remain in the hourglass of our lives. That's the reason why scripture always warns us numerous times, especially in Psalms 90 and 12, so teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom Lord help me to remember that my life here on earth is short it's limited it's brief Psalm 39 4 and 5 says it like this Lord remind me how brief my time on earth will be remind me that my days are numbered how fleeting my life is you have made Made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. It just seems like yesterday I was in school. You probably thought the same thing. You probably think, it was just like yesterday I was a young whippersnapper. You guys are getting old, and I am too. I know they always say time flies when you're having fun. Can you imagine how much how fast it would go if we were having fun? <laughs> I mean, it flies now, even when you're not having fun. And we need to always remember that life is very brief. It's very short. And so James says, as we're looking to the future, don't forget that we have the complexity of life. We also have the uncertainty of life, and we have the brevity of life. That's almost discouraging, is it not, that life is going to be complicated in 2024 still at times? It's going to be uncertain at times. It's going to be brief. For those whose time it is to go? Well, what's the answer? Well, don't be discouraged because James gives us the answer in verse 15. He says in verse 15, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills. Now, so we see so far here life's complexity, we see here life's uncertainty. We see here life's brevity, but the answer to all of this to give us encouragement and hope is this, God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty. Because when it's all said and done, listen, don't ever forget this, God is still in control. No matter what happens this next year, God is still in control. I was at the bank this past week and I was there was a, the, the, one of the tellers, the girl, she said, I got I to tell you this, you know that God answers prayer. That was a new revelation to me. She said, my, my, my little baby hadn't slept in a couple uh, all night in a couple days, so I prayed, God let her sleep all night, and she did. So I thought, well, guess, guess what? Even if she didn't, God still answers prayer. He may just not answer what you want him to answer. And why is it we always say when things go our way, well, God's still on the throne. Like if it doesn't go our way, then God must not be on the throne. No, God's on the throne whether things go our way or they don't go our way. God's on the throne whether we're on the mountain or in the valley. God is always on the throne. And so when I'm speaking about God's sovereignty here, that God is in control, I'm not talking about fatalism, okay? And let me explain that to you. Fatalism says this, well, since God's in control, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to plan. I don't have to to work. I don't have to do anything since God is in control. But the fact is while God is ultimately in control we also are free to choose and do what we decide to do. Okay? Don't ever forget that. In other words we still got a plan we still got to work but in our planning, in our working, we can't ever forget that God is in control. I've told this illustration before, and I'll tell it again on myself. When I was a teenage boy, my dad told me to go get a job. And he came in one day and I was still in the bed about 10:30. Man, I long for those days. <laughs> when I can just lay in bed at 10:30, can't do it anymore. And he said, "I thought I told you, you get a job." I said, "You did." I'm praying about one, Dad. <laughs> he said, "We well, put some action to your prayer and go fill out some applications." <laughs> right? Fatalism says, "Well, God's in control, so if I if I want a job, He'll give me. A, if I need a job, He'll give me a job." No, that's not how it works. We still got to work. We still got to plan. We still got to do the. Effort, But God is working in us and through us and with us to accomplish His good will. You understand that? So in this year, we need to remember, no matter what happens, God is in control and still in control. See, hundreds of years ago... When Christians would write one another letters, they would put a postscript. In the postscript, they would put D, capital D, capital V. And this DV meant Deo Valente, which is Latin for if the Lord wills. In other words, God willing, this is what I'm going to do. God willing, this is what I'm planning on doing. God willing, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go there, I'm going to buy, I'm going to sell, I'm going to make profit. God willing, this always recognizes the fact that God is in control of our lives. Psalms 145 and 13 says it like this about God's sovereignty. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. How many generations? All generations. If the Lord's coming tarries and we're all in the ground in a thousand years, guess what? God's gonna still be sovereign. He's gonna still be in control. The same way He was throughout all eternity, God is always sovereign. He's always in control. Lamentations 5 and 19 says like this You, O Lord, rule forever. Your throne is from generation to generation. How long does God rule forever? If God rules forever, guess what? He is still ruling in 2023 and he will still be ruling in 2024. Still be ruling. Now, let me give a little nugget of little nugget of wisdom as we face 2024. Because unfortunately, we know what's coming in 2024. Election, And I want you to know That according to God's word In Daniel chapter 2 God's word says this That it is he who changes the times And the epochs or seasons He removes kings And he establishes kings Okay? So whoever God wills to be the winner in November 2024, that's who's going to be the winner. Now, this is not fatalism. Again, it's not fatalism. This doesn't mean well, I don't need to do anything. No. You still need to pray, look at the candidates, see who lines up with Scripture the most, and exercise your constitutional right to go vote. But when you do that, you've got to realize this. God is the one that's in control. And no matter if your guy gets it or or your guy doesn't get it, you need to wake up on that next Wednesday morning saying this, praise God, God is in control. Praise God, God is in control. Again, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's going to be the same in 2024 as he was in 2023, 2022. And so again, as we're looking forward the next few hours to turning another calendar year over, you can rest assured this next year, it's going to get complicated at times. But just because it's complicated to us doesn't mean it's complicated to God. Just because it's chaotic to us doesn't mean it's chaotic to God. You can rest assured that there's going to be some times of uncertainty that you don't know. But what may be uncertain to us is not uncertain to God. Because God has declared the end from the beginning. He already knows how it's all going to work out. And He is working everything out according to His perfect plan. And you need to realize if God blesses you, to see another year and to live another year, that life is going to be brief. It's still going to be short. Life is short. But in spite of the complexity, in spite of the uncertainty, in spite of the brevity of life, don't forget God's sovereignty over everything. Let me give you some scriptures to kind of hopefully to kind of chew on for the, this year. Psalms 31, 14 and 15, the psalmist says this. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. And then verse 15, he says this. My times are in your hand. The psalmist knew, as David writes this, there was times in David's life when he was uncertain. He was a man on the run. He was a man supposed to be a king over a country, and he didn't even have a country to call home at times. And it seemed like, God's plan for him was never going to come to pass, but David realized, even when I am running in the wilderness, hiding in a cave, guess what? My times are in your hand. And as a child of God this morning, your times are in his hand. Your ending is in his hand. Psalms 32, 8 and 9. This is what God tells us His people. He says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Stop right there for a second. Listen, God is watching over His children. God is watching over you. God will instruct you. He will teach you in the way which you should go. Then he says in verse 9 here, Do not be as the horse or the mule which have no understanding. There's your resolution for 2024. Next year, don't be like a horse or a mule. Don't be so stubborn. Don't be so ignorant that you don't follow what God's word says. He says, don't be like that, which had no understanding, whose trappings include the bit and the bridle to hold them back in check. Otherwise, they will not come near to you. What is he saying there is? He's saying, make yourself moldable. Be in God's hands and let God guide you. Don't lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he has promised to direct our paths. So I ask you again, as we move into this next year, Lord willing, life is going to be complex. We need God to help us. Life is going to be uncertain, but God has already gone before us. Life is going to be brief. Let's redeem the time and make the most of it. I want us to, I want us all that will. We, we got I want to make sure I had time to do this if I do. I want us all to stand if we don't mind. Those that will come and gather on this altar this morning.